Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Blake Street Irregulars. My name is Sean Drotar. You're joining us on MileHighSports.com. Thank you so much. I have an opportunity to talk about the Rockies with you each and every week during the season, even during the offseason, right here on the Blake Street Irregulars. Thank you for joining us. Tap 14 brings you Blake Street Irregulars. If you've been a regular listener to the podcast, you know that I'm there a lot. I've recorded this there before, and when the Rockies are in town, and they will be this week, I am usually there before, sometimes after, or both, or either, I don't know. Yeah, I'm there a lot. It's 1920 Blake Street. You can just get there within a couple seconds from leaving uh, Coors Field, and, or if you even don't have tickets to the game, you can watch it up there, too. Great rooftop bar, 70 Colorado beers, 100 distilled Colorado spirits, terrific food, and one of the best views in Denver. So check it out at tap14.com. That's spell it all the way out, tap14.com. With me is Eric Trujillo. Eric, uh, you played uh, in college, so we have an opportunity to talk to a guy that, that works right here at Mile High Sports with us and also played. So we're going to look at the, the big series coming up here for Arizona. We're just going to lock into that. We finished the Seattle series on the road. We had an opportunity to finish here with Seattle before the All-Star game as well. But right now, they have three games at Coors Field against the first-place Diamondbacks. This, they, is, yeah. uh, this is about as big as it gets. Yeah, big series, especially to you know, close out the first half of the season. Rough, you know, roughly, we got the Mariners coming up. But uh, uh, big matchups tonight. Corbin's throwing. Anderson's throwing. Anderson's been throwing really well lately. Uh, uh, Corbin, obviously, is an All-Star. So uh, should be a... A good start to a good series. Yeah, I think when you're looking at the Rockies, the pitching has been really, really good, especially since one doesn't necessarily have to do with the other. But since John Gray's been sent down, as strange as that sounds, the team's been really, really good since then. Uh, the starting pitching's held up well. The relief pitching's been uh, solid again. It's still not where the Rockies want it, obviously, but it's rounding into form. But the starting pitching has kept them in games, right. and now you're starting to see some guys really heat up at the plate. Uh, Carlos Gonzalez is heating up at the plate. Charlie Blackman is heating up at the plate. But the guy that that's been remarkable over the last month is Trevor Story, who earned his all-star appearance, having a, a tremendous year, now batting 284 on the season. Uh, this is a guy that was barely batting 220 earlier in the year, and it looked like he was more that kind of guy. It seems like all of a sudden he's figured out a little bit of patience. He's still going to strike out a lot. He's that kind of player, but he's not striking out 16 to 1 type of ratios he's anymore. He's not, and yes, and you're right. You he is you're seeing him find patience, finding his swing and uh, you know, taking opportunities where they come, and and it's it's proven to be successful for him. When you look at a, a guy like Story, and you realize with the power and natural power he has, and it's got to be tempting at times. We've seen all sorts of baseball players do it. Uh, the Rockies do it. To even players great as Nolan Arenado do it. But when you want to try to take that ball out of the ballpark, you want to try to muscle it out, and you want to hit that big home run. And when you know you're capable of doing it, when you're strong enough to do it, like a Trevor Story, it can be a little bit tricky. It can be difficult. And so what I what has really surprised me, and pleasantly so, is Trevor, who is second on the team in home runs, tied with Blackman and and Ian Desmond, but actually with the best batting average of those three, we'll figure that. You weren't going to think that with Blackman. No. But he's been getting the ball in and that makes all the difference in the world. So not only does he get a batting average, but he gets more RBI opportunity. He's only one behind Arenado and the other. He really is having a really special season. He's turning into maybe the guy the Rockies hoped he would be all along or probably even exceeding that. Right. And it, it, I, I don't know about you, but what I'm seeing as well is that he's – He's trying to become more of a leader on the team, you know, and he wants to be with the Arenados of the world, with the Blackmans of the world, and, you know, on that all-star caliber. And, yeah, he finally got that nod, and I think he finally sees he sees the light at the end of the tunnel. So, um, 
you know, criticism can uh, take you one way, and uh, he's he's going he's going the right direction. Yeah, I think you know, that's a really good point because we talked about the criticism. John Gray down in Triple A, when he'll be back, but fourth in the National League. Actually, he's probably an excellent fielder. Is probably a more fair way to say it. He's gold glove caliber. I don't right. know if he's Troy Tulowitzki, but he's very good. And to me, this is less about, oh, all of a sudden he figured all this stuff out. It's more just, it's focus. It's understanding focus, yeah. what I'm going to do on this pitch. If this pitch is in this part of the plate, what am I going to try to do with it? Yeah. This pitch is in this part of the plate. What am I going to try to do with it? It's that focus to, for pitch to pitch that I think has made the difference for him, and, and it's paying off. And I think that just... It's such a good example for any sort of Rockies young player because, remember, not that long ago, Trevor Story made this team, yeah. and nobody expected him to make the team at all, no. and there he is you know, yeah. putting up home runs, and now it's been a couple seasons, and now he looks like a guy that, that may end up being the long-term fixture there. Even Brendan Rodgers or DJ LeMahieu may end up finding—DJ's already at second. He's going to stay there at second for the uh, near future. If he re-signs with the Rockies, you'd think he'd stay there. But Brendan Rodgers was brought up as a shortstop. I'm not even sure if DJ moves on after this year that you even bother moving Story. If no. you bring up Rodgers, you put him right there at second and say, hey, yeah. this is where you yeah. play now. Yeah, stories. He's he's come along, and it and that goes for any young player. And, and the mental part of this game is, what's the old saying? Ninety percent mental, ten percent physical, right? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever Yogi meant to say, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so that's and that's good to see. And I think it's coming at the at the, the right time in the season. You know, from out, you know, once this All Star break's done, hey, we got to come back and we got to hit the ground running. We got to you know take care of these, take care of your division games here. You know, get Seattle over with, and then uh, let's start fresh second half of the season. Yeah, for the Rockies, are, are winners of eight of their last ten now as the Diamondbacks come into town. The Rockies find themselves four and a half games out of both the NL West and the wild card. So that shows you how important this series is going to be. We've talked about this before. When you're when you're the Rockies, you're two games over five hundred. Like we said, uh, four and a, pardon me, three and a half games out of, of the NL West, four and a half of the wild card, but. You're still in fourth. This yeah. is still a fourth-place team. Now, they wouldn't be in every other division, but that's not the way it works. They are in the NL West. One of the challenges is they've won eight out of ten and still never really climbed out of fourth right. because with so many divisional games in a Major League Baseball schedule, the problem is you can win all you want, but you can't hop everybody because they're also playing each other, just like the the, the Rockies are playing the Diamondbacks. You know, The Diamondbacks are playing the Dodgers. All these teams are playing each other, and so – you can't gain on everybody all at the same time. So it's really important in this series to me to find a way not only to gain ground on Arizona, your league, your division leader right off the bat. That's important. But you've got to hop over somebody. They're a half game behind the Giants. They're two and a half behind the Dodgers uh, or three behind the Dodgers. And they need to be able to hop over somebody here, at least get past the Giants and, and get over this. But to me, I do wonder... I think you'd be satisfied with two wins out of three because I think if you just take every series, you're going to be good at the end of the year. But you really, yeah. when you do that, you only gain one game. Sure. What what what's hopeful for to me about this whole thing is Marquez is throwing well, Sensatella is throwing well, you got Anderson throwing well, you got Freeland throwing well. So whoever your fifth guy is, no matter what, if you can potentially expect three wins out of those first four guys, hey, I'm okay with that. You know, and so so. So the numbers are there, hopefully. Um, 
just see if they can keep it going. Yeah, you are getting two of the best pitchers they've had right now. Probably actually the Rockies' two best pitchers right now. Tyler Anderson and Kyle Freeland, uh, clearly the, maybe the best two guys. The Sensatella had a little bobble in the last game against Seattle that the Rockies ended up losing that. But overall, I think he's looked fine. But uh, Anderson especially and, and Freeland, who Freeland made... You could make the argument that he maybe was deserving a little bit of all-star notice. Uh, I'm not bothered like a lot of fans that he didn't make it You know, in his second season. I'm not really yeah. bugged by that. But he's pitched very, very well. He'll get the game, uh, the day game on Thursday that will end the series. Tyler Anderson uh, gets the game, uh, the start this evening against Patrick Corbin. So this will be uh, a pretty fun series to watch. But it's, it's an important one, too, because the Diamondbacks are coming into this a little bit bumpy. I mean, they've only won three out of their last ten. Yeah. So you kind of want to get them when they're down. The Diamondbacks have been better, not only better than the Rockies all season, they've matched up better when they've played head-to-head, too. And, of course, they're still the lingering ghost of the disastrous wildcard game from last season. So, uh, to me, this is a big opportunity for the Rockies and one that, now as they get into the All-Star break, they have the six more games left. You want to make sure that you hit the ground strong there. You don't want to come into that break losing four out of six, staying in fourth place and wondering what happened. You want to feel like they've been feeling winning eight out of ten, winning four out of five, and thinking we're absolutely in this mix. Yeah, and I think they're in. They have the right mindset. They know they've been playing well. They know they've got some good momentum. So let's see how this series plays out with the Diamondbacks. But you know, in in the bigger scheme of things, I think they're they're coming into this thing rather healthy. You know, they're going to come out healthy. and uh, you know we'll see what, we'll see what happens. I think Bud Black has him in the right spot. It seems like they've really sort of righted the ship. It is funny how much, uh, and it sounds like we're piling on John Gray. We're not. John Gray not being there is not making the team better. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but it, it seems that if Gray's demotion maybe made a point to a lot of players, not just yeah. Gray, but to a lot of the guys that are these second time, uh, second year starters for the Rockies in the rotation, some of the younger hitters as well, and said, "Look, we're, we're not." We're not a, a, the fun team anymore. We're out here to win games. This is a team that now competes. And just like you don't expect the, the Yankees or the Red Sox or, or the Dodgers or teams like that to be okay with people just kind of scuffling and playing mediocre ball, the Rockies seem like they're finally in the kind of mindset that having guys playing mediocre ball, not knowing what I'm going to get day out of day, it's not going to be acceptable anymore. And I think that's a good sign. That's where I think some of the demotion for Gray, hopefully it ends up being better for Gray, who gets focused, because with his stuff, if he does get focused, watch out. But it does seem to also have a trickle-down effect to a lot of these guys who now understand, look, if John Gray can get sent down, I can get sent down. And it's not that you necessarily want players playing scared. No. But at the same time, you also don't want guys too comfortable in their roles. Right. Yeah, you don't want to get them comfortable. And then, you know, Sean, let me ask you this question. Uh, with the All-Star break coming, are the Rockies going to make a move? Are they going to be buyers, sellers? I, I think so much of this comes down to how they play these next six games. Because, I mean, if they find themselves in third place or second place or, uh, you know, one and a half out of first or something like that, I think you have to look at adding talent. But yeah. uh, if they were to trip over themselves in these last six, and remember, this is a team that, uh, disappointingly has not been good at home. I mean, they they have been, a quite frankly, a bad home team. They yeah. still have a losing record at home. Uh, they would essentially, in fact, uh, they, they would, let me do the math here in my head, it's not really what I'm best at, but they would have to win five of the six at home to be a 500 team at home on the break. Yeah. So uh, I think if they can do something like that, yeah, you'll feel good because you're playing the the first place Diamondbacks, and then when you're playing the Mariners, that's a team that not only did you just beat them two out of three times, but if they were in the National League, 
they'd have the National League's best record. So you're not getting pushovers here. Yeah. So if the Rockies can get the job done at Coors Field, yeah, I think there's reason to be excited, and I think they will look to add. Yeah, I think if they do add, and it also gives, puts some confidence in the players, you know, like the Blackmans, like the Arenados, that, hey, we want to win. You know, we're going to do some things to win, especially if they want to, you know, st- keep Arenado around for – <laughs> for next year. Right. And they yeah. did this last year. We saw in the normally year after year the Rockies have not been big uh teams that collect a lot of guys. They don't they're not and they're not going to no. be in for Manny Machado or anything like that. Don't don't worry about that. They're going to be looking no. for pieces to fill in some gaps. But for the Rockies, uh, they did this last year when they picked up uh, Jonathan Lucroy and Pat Nishik at the break. Lucroy especially was incredibly important to their run to the uh, the wild card game. And uh, maybe something like that happens again. Maybe there are options. The truth is you probably could improve at, at catcher. That's one you could improve at. You certainly know we can improve at first base. I know they've spent a lot of money to get Ian Desmond there, and the home runs are there, but the man is barely hitting his weight still. That's a concern. So I, I think there are places you can go. The question for the Rockies is if they want to be very impactful, do you consider moving David Dahl or, or, or some of these guys that would actually get you something significant yeah. across the board? Or do you stumble a little bit and maybe look at saying, all right, Maybe we look at Carlos Gonzalez or DJ yep. LeMahieu, guys that are at the uh, end of their contracts after the end of the season. I think in Carlos' case, no, because I'm not sure what you're going to get for him. Yeah. In DJ's <laughs> case, I, I think if the Rockies are playing well, they don't even consider it. But if the wheels come off, someone yeah. like DJ would get you a pretty, pretty good package in return. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be exciting to see what happens. In this case, so watch out especially for Charlie Blackman. He's been uh, heating up a little bit, which is good. In his last 26 bats, nine hits, including three home runs. So he's getting there. He's been a little bit wobbly. Nolan Arenado's doing his thing. If you were to go on the internet and look at the uh, the team leader in virtually every single category, yeah. Yeah. it's Nolan Arenado. So he's doing his thing. What the Rockies need uh, more than anybody else, and you hate to pick on him, but it is Ian Desmond. Uh, he has still not been all that good. We have a lot of work to do uh, there for Desmond and there's not really anywhere to hide him so for the Rockies you have to do that and you really have to watch out earlier in the year sounds crazy but Paul Goldschmidt was really really awful well Paul Goldschmidt is not awful anymore in his last 34 games he's hitting 376 with 13 home runs So I've uh, got to be very, very careful not to hang these He's an uh, RBI over the plate. machine. Yeah, it's uh, 51 on the year. 51 on the year. And yeah, yeah. To and Nolan, to Nolan's 63, you know, and I love when these when these two teams get together because you see young, great talent like Goldschmidt, like Arenado. Yeah. Sluggers, guys that, you know, are, are incredible at their respective positions. So, uh, yeah, it'd be really, really fun to watch. All right, well, Eric, you can follow Eric at, uh, go ahead and get that one. Yeah, that's the, Twitter handle is etrahio88. That's pretty easy. You can follow yeah. me at sdrotar, that's S-D-R-O-T-A-R. We'll be back later in the week after this series comes to a close and take a look at where the Rockies stand after this. Hopefully, maybe it's only a game out of first, and then check back with the Seattle series as they uh, Rockies sort of careen their way into the break. Hopefully, they can do it as hot as they've been of late. So uh, make sure to check out our friends at Tap14. They bring this podcast to you every single week a couple times a week there and you can find them uh, at tap14.com spell that out and check them out there when you're in town 1920 blake street beautiful colorado weather it's a little hot today and it's been a little hot of late but that's okay you still go up there enjoy the sun because they have these misters all over the place that'll still keep you nice and cool you can enjoy the colorado sun without all that colorado heat and have oh by the way the best beers in town and uh, if you you know go to the spirit side you can go that way too uh, oh, it's yeah. the best place to be so check them out 
tap14.com. We'll get back to you later in the week, hopefully talking about another Rockies series win for Eric Trujillo. I'm Sean Drotar, and this is the Blake Street Irregulars on Mile High Sports.